Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning. On our show today, we have Buddy Hall, chairperson of the Alternative Board Atlanta East, Soraya Rushdie of Little Da Vinci School, and Howard Krinsky, owner and CEO of Binders Art Supplies. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. So as always, I love to start our show by finding out a little bit about what's going on in everybody's industries. So, Buddy, can you tell us a little bit about what you're finding, um, the trends that you're finding in from, from your chairs and your work with the Alternative Board? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. What I am finding in a general sense is that owners are ready to do something. You know, there, there, there's some optimism out there. I would say that it's cautious optimism, but, but they're ready to do something with their businesses. They are looking to hire. They're looking to acquire capital. Uh, and some capital does seem to be freeing up. Uh, money's pretty cheap right now, but it's still not that easy to get. But people are looking for investment. They're looking for resource. And they're also looking for good people. They're really looking how to hire, how to find the good people. And, and there, there's some changes in the way that's happening over the past five years. But, but generally, I'm seeing that local business owners are ready to do something, and they're looking to do it intelligently. Great. And you're thinking that that's the aftermath of the, the Great Recession, that we're finally seeing some frothiness, some, some hope. We are. It's kind of like, okay, I've made it. I've survived. My landscape is completely different. But now I need to operate within that landscape. I need to find the pr- appropriate resources, the appropriate support, the appropriate people. And, and, but there is opportunity out there in the market now. And what about you, Howard? What are you finding in, in, in both the retail and, and art, art supplies specifically? Well, the, the dynamics changed. Um, the big thing in retail is now my biggest competitor is the online store. I mean, it used to be the, the guy down the street. And um, really, it's about uh, us versing the online store and creating a different experience. Um, because if a customer walks in my store, I have to create an experience that they'll go, wow, that was good. I want to go back as opposed to, you know, just putting out the best price. We have to be conscious of that, but creating experience. So when they come in the store, they understand who you are, what your brand is, creating a brand in the store. Yeah. And so are you finding what, what Buddy um, just said that you're, that you and your colleagues are feeling a little bit more hopeful, a little bit more optimistic, and ready to take some action? Yes. Um, we've had a lot of consolidation in my industry. Um, I'm sure that's true in a lot of industries. So if you're left standing, then, you know, there's, there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And how many retail locations do you have? I have uh, three. Two here in Atlanta. I just opened one at Pond City Market uh, in Midtown and uh, one store in Charlotte. Wow, that's the Pont City uh, location must be pretty exciting. That's a very hot location. Very exciting. Yeah, great. And what about you, Soraya? What are you finding, you know, in, in your in your industry? My industry is uh, very interesting because we are in education, so it's not really a business, but it needs to be run like a business. And uh, I started the school in 2009, so in the deepest uh, time of the recession, so money was very difficult to find. 
And uh, coming to Atlanta, I came 16 years ago. What I noticed is that uh, there are as many schools, as many programs, as many needs in Atlanta as there are schools. And uh, parents are looking for a specific niche. And uh, our niche is uh, much was much more targeted toward the parents who are moving around a lot. They needed to uh, change jobs. They needed to move to other states, other countries. So. Uh, we needed to make sure that their children are having uh, the foundation, the necessary foundations to um, to being able to move without uh, a lot of harm. So we are in Atlanta, few different international school or bilingual schools, and uh, we are <coughs> serving different things. So the most important thing for us was to find the right niche and to serve the right needs. Uh, financially, it's becoming a little bit more interesting with the banks because they are opening up. We have much more experience, but it's uh, it's it's not that easy. Hmm. And so, are you finding that um, the bilingual that there's more of a bilingual focus in education, and and is that more important? Is that part of the the founding premise of your school? Absolutely. I think uh, for the past 16 years, Atlanta changed a lot. Uh, it's becoming more and more international. A lot of uh, big companies are. Uh, coming to Atlanta, a lot of international companies are coming. Uh, France is the third investor in Atlanta. So uh, the the city is changing a lot, and the need for international education and the global education is anyway important for anyone. So uh, the, the most important part, I think, in uh, bilingual or multilingual education is to making sure that uh, we are... Uh, serving the right needs of the children and not only focusing on the languages because global education is not only about languages it's about all the skills that we need to develop to become flexible minded and uh, um, global thinkers right and so are you finding that that you're also feeling like more optimistic and ready to take some some actions that you haven't weren't necessarily ready to take in the past few years Absolutely. We started with 12 students uh, six years ago. Now we have 107 students. We never advertised particularly. I mean, it's much more a word of mouth. Uh, we are moving forward to elementary school. Uh, the, needs is, uh, the need is there, and the parents are really looking to a new way of education for their children. Mm -hmm. And that's where Atlanta is becoming very interesting, because there are uh, many new schools in Atlanta that are bringing another alternative in education, including uh, multilingual education. Mm -hmm. And so, Buddy, this theme of, um, of taking action, uh, what kinds of actions do you think are really important for business owners to be thinking about and looking at taking right now? I think the most important thing they can do is really take a, a little bit of time to figure out really what they want to do with their business. You know, where do they want to take it? How fast do they want to take it? How, how much of their personal time and, and resources are they willing to put into it? Uh, so again, really defining the opportunity, being real clear about where you want your business to go, and then finding the right resource to help you get there, because none of us can, can do this business thing by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so as folks are looking at, at resources, because you mentioned both uh, two things. You mentioned mm -hmm. finance a little bit, because you said that banks are opening up, and then you mentioned resources. So as business owners and CEOs are, are evaluating now where to where to deploy their resources, 
um, and choose the right resources to deploy. What what are your thoughts on how to make some of those decisions? Well, what I do with my company here is I, I bring owners together so that, that at any given month, they're leveraging over 200 years of business experience to help them make these decisions. Uh, so, so if you have an established business, if you have a proven concept, you know, you, you, you've got an ongoing business and you're looking to take that to the next level, then, then the decisions you make and the resources you deploy are, are critical. You know, it's, you really can't afford a big mistake, you know. So, so the, the, the best resource, in my opinion, is to get around the table with the, these resources so that you can make the best decision possible. You can make a smart decision, and you can make a better decision faster. And the real-world uh, experience that's around the table can help every single owner, whether their decision is around human resources, whether it's around finance, whether it's around a new product line, whether it's going into a different market, whether it's expanding globally. It really doesn't matter what that is. But having the opportunity to, to have a place where you can really clarify and structure your thinking so that you know the right pathway forward, um, that, that's the resource I'm seeing a big need in the market for and that, that business owners are trying to leverage. Mm-hmm. And so that sounds a lot like a, a peer advisory group, which is what, what you guys, uh, what you, you have in the alternative board, um, correct? Correct, okay, yes. Great. Um, and Howard and, and Soraya, I would love to hear from you guys. How are you thinking about what decisions are you evaluating as you look forward to this more prosperous economic period? What decisions are you looking at making and how are you looking at making those decisions? Well, for, <clears throat> for me, um, it's like Buddy says, you have to have a clear vision, have a you know, defined plan. So we're constantly forming our plan. You gotta be nimble. Um, and those decisions might be expansion, which I just opened my store at PCM. Um, and again, getting around people that can that have experience and throw something or bring something to the pool, you're able to analyze that decision because you, you can't, I mean, you can't really make the big mistake. Um, so, you know, we're constantly looking at that. And then a big, a big portion of it is human resources, uh, getting the best people you can. Um, a lot of, um, sitting around the table in our group, I would say a lot of our conversation, uh, revolves around human resources. And it's amazing that you would think that, but that's what a lot of it is, getting the best out of your people. Great. And what about you, Soraya? For, for me, it was much more uh, managing the growth of the school. Uh, the yeah, to go from six to 100. In, yes, in, and then in move forward, uh, manage uh, the, uh, the building needs uh, for, the, for the school. Uh, making really uh, strategic decisions. The, the interesting thing about being part of the board for me, uh, being a school uh, owner, uh, which it is a complete different business from the other businesses that are in the in in the board, uh, brought me a lot of uh, interesting perspective because everyone in the board we've been together for some of us two years, uh, some more, some less. Uh, we get to know each other. We we care about uh, our businesses, and uh, we, but we don't have the attach the um, the attachment to the business. 
So you have another perspective that you cannot have from your own board uh, because your uh, board is completely interested in the day-to-day -day management of the of the business, and uh, that uh, that part is very interesting. And if I might add, the, when you talk about not having the attachment, the, what you get at the board is very honest. Yeah. And you know, as a uh, small business and a single proprietor, um, the only person I have to answer to is myself. So going to the board when I sit around that table and. I'm working on something, the board knows what I'm working on. And I have an obligation not only to myself, but to the members of the board to, to see it through. So it's a very honest conversation that we have all the time. And for me, being uh, European and international, I, <laughs> I have that very straightforward uh, uh, way of communicating and speaking and that was I think the first thing I mentioned when I met the first time with the board and one of the things that I found uh, interesting in the board that we are all in the same page uh, no one holds anything uh, we we talk very straight uh, we are very sometimes tough on each other mm -hmm. uh, when things are not done uh, in a timely manner we hold ourselves uh, accountable and that's really, really interesting. And, and so what, in terms of forward moves, so obviously you've experienced a, a tremendous amount of growth, Soraya, and, and um, Howard, you know, you've, you've made this big move down to, to Pont City Market. What are you looking forward to in terms of the things that are on the horizon next for you guys? Well, for me, I mean, I, I just want um, to get better at what I do. Um, slow growth steady growth and get good at it. I, I'm not, I'm selling art supplies. As my wife says, I'm selling crayons. Um, <laughs> so there's no home runs or grand slams, but really want to get good at what I, I do. And we're really focused on the company inside. Um, the blocking and tackling of, of selling, we, we do very well. But uh, the part of working on the inside is working on my company culture to create this great experience. And that's, you know, it's easy to say, you know, customer service, but it's really hard to deliver. And we, we really have some initiatives to work on that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Soraya? What are you looking forward to? One of the biggest things is that I, we would like to develop in the school is an innovation poll. Um, I noticed that in the most of the big companies, we have uh, a research and development offices and uh, and poll. And in schools, we have business development, but we rarely have innovation uh, office mm -hmm. and uh, and center for uh, teachers and staff to create and innovate in uh, in our area. And things are changing a lot. I mean, in the past 10, 5 years, uh, everything is changing around us. And the education system needs to change and, and has a need for a lot of change. So right now we are thinking about moving forward. But the only way of success for us is to develop innovation and, uh, and uh, create a center for the teachers to be able to innovate. Mm -hmm. uh, Buddy, where, where does planning and and strategy come into all of this as you look at at your advisory relationship with mm -hmm. with these with these CEOs 
Well, it's, it's critical. And, and like I tell my members is the planning that we do is, is more like real-time planning. It's like a living, breathing document. Uh, we don't really go off on a weekend retreat and, and come up with a, a binder of a five-year plan. Uh, you absolutely need to know where you want to be in five years. You need to know where you want to be in 10 years. You need to know your end game. But the fact of the matter is we look 6, 12, no more than 18 months out as to, okay, what's the path forward? What are the two or three critical things that, that we call a critical success factor that have to happen over and above everything that you're doing every day? You're educating these people. Your, your teachers call in sick. You, you, you've got to do all these things. The, the store's closed. There's snow. You know, all these things that owners have to deal with every single day. So there's only two or three key strategic things that can happen. But we were very diligent on identifying what that is and and keeping moving forward so that your plan evolves but you always have that end goal in sight and something might fall off something might fall back on but it's just persistence it's consistency and it there's a lot of metric work that we do with with business owners um we all are so busy, those of us that have our own businesses, and taking the time to really identify those key metrics that we need to know about and we need to track. And so it, it's really about how are we on path? Are we on target? Are we moving forward step by step? And that's where we, the, the alternative board and the tools that I can bring and the tools that have been developed help an owner, owner stay focused on that path, understanding there are going to be detours and there's going to be roadblocks, but how do we get right back on that road when those things do happen? Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that you mentioned is that it's really important for business owners not to make um, a big mistake. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about your recommendation for using your strategic planning and your, um, your resources to make sure that that doesn't happen. The... Um, we, we have our own language. We talk about, uh, it's, it's not a language I developed at all, but it, we talk about what is your core? What do you do from your, your core? And innovation around the core. And how far is what you're looking to do from the core? Because the further you move from your core, the, the higher the risk. So, for example, for Soraya, when she first started, she was a preschool. And her, her, her thought was she would have multiple preschools, maybe in other cities. All of a sudden, she's becoming an elementary school and, and maybe a high school. So paying attention. So, so moving from, from a preschool to an elementary school is very close to her core. So, so if she, she is diligent about that, if she makes the right decision, that, that works. If she decided that she's going to go from being a bilingual international school to be a, a technical school for software, something completely different, there's higher risk there. If... if uh, so, so we really look at the opportunities that lay and we plot them on this course that says, how far away from your core is this? Uh, doesn't mean you can't do it. Doesn't mean it's not an opportunity. But we all know that as, as you move into to new, new, newer things and newer efforts, you, you often lose focus on, on, on what brought you here in the first place. So, so it's kind of that balance between new opportunities, going for that, yet, yet making sure that you're really buttoned up and you're really tight on, on what you do uh, as, as your core business. So you, once you've helped um, a CEO come up with those 
two or three key initiatives that they need to be tracking towards over the next year to 18 months. What do you do over that year to 18 months to make sure that they actually can be successful in those initiatives? Uh, the elements that go into those initiatives um, uh, are identified. So, so you, you, maybe it's hiring some people, maybe it's finding a facility, maybe it's getting some, some R&D in place. Um, whatever those elements are that are identified, those are the kind of things that are brought to the board that they discuss, you know, so, so that the board helps them make the right decision about those kind of things. And every month when they, they come in, and Howard and Sarai can speak to this, we start the meeting as a continuation saying, okay, what did you do over this month about what you talked about last month, over about those kind of things? So you get this ongoing, continuing conversation and path forward. So, so that's really where the accountability comes in. Like, are you doing the things you need to do to keep you, you focused on whatever the task at hand is or, or, the, or the goal at hand is? And so, uh, so Buddy, uh, tell me a little bit about how once people may have hit a roadblock or something hasn't gone right, what do you, what do you do then? <laughs> uh, well, we, we, uh, we let them, you know, lick their wounds for a little bit. And then, <laughs> then we put them right back out there and say, you've got to go tackle this. And uh, we do have those experiences. Things do happen. We had one member that had a very major blow to, to his business this year. And um, the board was very, supportive but also they they did not let him hide if you will they they forced you know the facing of the issue and what they're going to do and the good news is is this business is now thriving it's stronger than it was before um so it, it really is that understanding i have more owners come to me when these things happen and they do saying wow that could be me and if i can add um it's not just about me working on my business, which we do, but as you watch your peers in the group work on their business, it, it gives you confidence in, in what you're doing, and, and more so in the board. And, and in that particular case, um, we watch this whole transformation happen. And, you know, that's what the board's all about. It's that brutal honesty to keep you focused. We're all human, so there are times you get off track and you come to that board meeting, ugh. I'm, I'm nowhere or, you know, I took a step back. So that's how we continue down the path. You go to that board meeting, you know, you have work to do, you have people to answer to. Um, and, and that's how it gets done mm -hmm. in the end. And, and the interesting thing about it is, uh, in these type of situations, because they are the, the, the most important one when we are business owner, we, we kind of see the the face of fear when we are almost about to lose our business. And we see that in one member of the board. And we see that a person standing back on his feet anymore, uh, again. And in even a stronger way. And you see the character that you need to have as a business owner to be able to come back on your feet. And that's something that you see much more on other people than yourself sometimes. Mm. So you, you see the, you get inspired when you see somebody, you know, kind of triumph over, over adversity. Absolutely. And, and in the meantime, you, you think things can happen, but they can become 
better. And I just need to keep working on it, believing in what I'm doing and uh, keep up on it. And whatever what we did wrong before, they need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And so has, ha- has everybody in, in the group gone through some sort of really difficult challenge at some point? Well, I'm, I'm sure they have. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure we all have. Maybe not at the time or mm-hmm. in the period that w- we've met. But, you know, whether it's adversity that's inspiring in this case, mm-hmm. it's also just moving your business along that becomes inspiring. So you, you, you experience the whole gamut. So um, if it's Soraya expanding her school, then, you know, we're all in there rooting for her and, and trying to help her in any way we can. And, and, you know, I don't know anything about education, but we do, I do bring to the table what I know from my business experience and can share that with Soraya, and then she takes that down the road, as does she uh, dispense that advice to me when whatever I'm putting out on the table. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to answer your question, you know, I have four boards, soon to have a fifth board going, and so over the past four years... Yes, I've seen uh, key suppliers go out of business, which have had direct impact on these businesses. I've seen notes called, you know, unexpectedly. I've seen key employees go. You know, I've seen uh, a lot of things that that are just hit to the gut for these business owners. And some of them are also very threatening to the survival of the business. So to answer your question, every business owner goes through these 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 periods of 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 real, real um, danger. You know, the the business is in danger and, and some make it and some don't. But but seeing the tenacity and the grit and the determination of a business owner i mean that's part of the reason i do what i do because i'm so inspired and so so respectful of these these owners and what they do every single day uh and and watching them kind of pull back regroup and then move forward and and as soraya said and come out emerge stronger and better and learning from that experience uh and then the others on the board also learn from that and they're like well okay i i now i'm going to shore up my flank because guess what i'm just as vulnerable there and i didn't really realize it so um it's very inspiring to watch the 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 determination and the the um the the real innovation that people Used to solve problems, mm-hmm. you you get to see people dig deep within themselves mm-hmm. and 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 find you know find that tenacity and that strength inside. Mm-hmm. So, buddy, one question I have is how we've had a number of uh, peer advisory groups on on CE exclusive, and I would love to find out from your perspective what makes the alternative board different. When, I, when I'm meeting a prospective business owner and, and talking about uh, the alternative board, and there are many of them out there, and first off, go join one. Whether it's the alternative board, which I hope you do, or another one, you will benefit from just being at the table with other business owners. The way I describe TAB or the alternative board is we're a roll-up-your-sleeves working board. You know, when, when you come there for that half-day meeting, it, you know, you're, you're going to be prepared. We're going to deal with business issues. There's nothing about this that's prescriptive, like, oh, this month we're learning about this or this month we're learning about that. Um, it's very customized to the owner. It, it's very f- – my job is really to ask a lot of questions ongoing. I need to know what 
the owner's trying to do with their business, what's in their way, what's keeping holding them back, what's exciting, so that, that I know when they come to that board, they're going to bring an issue that's a real issue and that they can walk out of there with recommendations for solution that they can go work on. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's strategic in a way, but it's also very tactical. I mean, it, it's, again, the best way I can describe it is this is a working board. It's not it's not a brainstorming group. It's not just an idea generation. It's it's here's something I need to do and here's what I'm gonna go do about it. And you come back like that. So it's just it's it's a time when owners can work on their business instead of just being in their business. And and buddy, what makes what do you think makes you different from other uh peer group chair leaders? Because there are other alternative boards in Atlanta mm-hmm. as well, right? Yes, yes, we're actually growing, and we have a, a couple of new new uh, tab owners in the Atlanta. So hopefully, very soon, we're going to cover the entire metro area. So that's actually very exciting. I, I think what makes me different is I do have a talent for asking those questions. I do have a talent for really listening to what folks want to do. I have over 25, 30 years experience working with and sitting across the table from small business owners. So um, I get them. And I'm now one of them. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, you know, I just have a, an understanding of what it takes to run a business and the sacrifices that they have to make. Uh, and then I've been very fortunate in my career. Um, you know, I've worked internationally. I've worked locally to to have just a really wide uh, array of of networks and tools and resources uh, that I can bring to bear. I was very fortunate to have wonderful education and wonderful training uh, that I can bring to bear. Um, but I think the the thing I do best is is listen and ask questions, and then hopefully in a in a persistent and respectful way, keep pushing them uh, on that path they've they've said they want to to see. So how many CEOs, you said with four groups, how many CEOs do you have in your fold now? At any given time, I'm working between 30 and 35 wow. CEOs. Wow. So now I'm going to, we're going to check in with, uh, with Howard and Soraya and find out if what, what you said <laughs> is actually true. So tell me, what, what is it that you guys love about, about working with Buddy? Because, you know, you did whatever you had to do to get up and get here at 7 o'clock in the morning because he invited you. And I'm wondering what, what it is that would have you do that. Well, I mean, CEOs are busy. We all know that, right? So it's a sacrifice, and it's time that you've taken away from other things to be here. Well, I, I, I enjoy, the, the group, the, the board is, is part of my business now. It's just part of my makeup, and it's important, um, as important as going to, to my office every day. As far as Buddy goes, um, you know, after our meetings, we, we meet in between the meetings, and we work on ourselves and our business and we keep that continuity going and i i laugh because always after we're done with every meeting i always tell buddy he's like a therapist for me um you you just feel good when you're done because you're you're working really on yourself um you know as a, a single owner and buddy does bring that out and he keeps you on task and um he 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 does draw draw that out sometimes you have to find your way through the clutter and he's able to to, to help with that. Yeah. Soraya? And as an extension to what Howard is uh, saying, uh, I, I feel exactly the same way. Uh, it's funny that he mentioned the th- therapy part. 
uh, I was thinking about uh, psychology. Mm. Uh, there are two key words, I think. It, uh, I would say three. Caring, uh, holistic, and uh, customized. Uh, the meetings that we have with Bari in between uh, board uh, meetings are really important because a business is not just uh, a business. It's a, a person and a group of people running a business. So it's very personal. It's very... Um, your your person is in your business. So uh, you need to have a holistic approach to the way you are managing not only your business, but your life and uh, all the adversity that or the great things that you can have in your life uh, that can affect in a good or uh, in a positive or a negative way your business. And Buddy has this, uh, this amazing way of uh, pushing you to your limits without uh, making you pressured about it. And uh, and you feel accountable, but you never feel pressured because we, we don't always have all the time to do every single thing we say that we are going to do. Uh, but he follows up on with us every time to make sure that we are on track. Mm -hmm. And so you said something interesting, Howard, that that it's really about personal growth. And would you would you say that the growth of of your business um, is a is a map for your own personal growth that you as you see yourself growing you see your business growing yeah I, I would it, it the like Soraya said it our business is an extension of me and and then the team I form is an extension of me and and I think Buddy uh, and the board helps put that in context especially when you sit around the table and you see all of us as individual business owners you sort of get it it's sort of just there in front of you that that we're all there for ourselves. Um, and, and we're working on our business, as Buddy said, and not in our business. And sometimes you just can't help it. You get caught up in your business. Um, so I know that that moment when I'm either going to a board meeting or I'm meeting with Buddy, that I am working consciously on my business, which is really working on myself um, and bettering myself. And when Buddy mentioned... Uh knowing our core business this is really the most important thing we should work on as a business owner because we can be distracted all the time with uh, different needs financially other needs and knowing the core of our business the and the core of our business is us is what defines us as a person as a human being uh, what makes us uh, motivated every morning to wake up and go to run our business in in the good days and the bad days. And working on that core is the essential part that a business owner should do. Hmm. Now, Buddy, how do you get your business owners to grow, not just business-wise, but personally? What's your philosophy on that? One thing that, that, that does separate TAB from some of these other... Uh, peer advisory boards is that that we understand and focus very much on the personal vision of the owner as well as the business vision um, because as they said the business is really an extension of the person and the, and the business will reflect the personality of the owner and those kind of things so it's it's very important and this is where I usually start with a new owner is we take a little bit of time to to work on their personal vision and many many owners that's almost a foreign concept but the fact of the matter is, is that this business is enabling the life 
that this owner wants to have for themselves, for their families, for the people that are important to them in their lives. And with the clarity around, well, actually, this is why I'm doing this, it can help put the business vision in context because we all know that there, there are many times that we're out of balance. We're going to be in imbalance because there may be personal demands that are demanding more of our time. There may be business demands that are, are more of our time. So really making sure we have that alignment between the personal vision and the business vision can really add the clarity around how you need to grow as a person and how that reflects in the growing of your business. And what are the areas of growth that you, you're finding are most acute for the, the, the CEOs that you work with? Where do most of them need to do the most work? Well, well, it's interesting because it's all different people. People are all different. Now, part of my job is to make sure that I have the right mix of, of folks on the board so that, that we are a diverse group, that we do all bring different perspective and different experiences. Uh, I look to make sure that we have someone that really does understand sales. Uh, that's, you know, many owners are... They are craftsmen. They, they are talented in what they do. They didn't do this just to be a business owner. Um, that there's someone strong operationally, that there's someone strong with the finance. There's so, so we can build on those things. So we do assessments of, of the folks to understand kind of where they're strong and where they're weak. So I've seen folks grow strong in planning. I've seen them grow strong in selling and business development. I've seen them grow strong in the financial management of their business. So it really is back to this customization of where are they strong now and where do they need to grow? Um, holistically, just I've seen them, many of them grow as just a business manager instead of a, an expert of their craft or an expert of their art. And this notion of getting to the core, how, how do you help business owners or what's your recommendation for business owners who are trying to really understand you know, their personal core, as Soraya said, and then how that turns into the core focus of the business? Well, I personally have just some exercises and some questions that I take owners through because the core is not necessarily the product or the service that you offer. You know, you, you may be able to accumulate, uh, you know, data and material and, and deliver it in some function, and the core is how you do that. Um, so really understanding what is the core that makes your business successful that happens to be the delivery mechanism of the product or service that, that you offer. And then how can those skills and talents of, of what you do as your core business then be applied to other areas in business for, for growth? Um, so it, it's really just taking some time to sit down and kind of kind of deconstruct what you do um, into its, its most base elements and say, oh, okay, this is what you do well. This is what the core of your business is, and this is this, this is how you've grown this business. And how do you strengthen that core? How do you how do you empower that core while at the same time looking for new opportunities and looking for new innovation that complement the core versus an entirely that will require the development of an entirely new set of, of core capabilities. Mm -hmm. So Howard, I, I'm really curious, what would you say is the core of your business? Well, the, the core of my business is um, our ability 
to you know again deliver uh, our 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 brand. And and what I mean by brand is is working on the binders brand means when you walk in our store, not that you're just buying a tube of paint or you're buying canvas. What does that mean when you walk in the doors that you know you're in binders and that you know we're creating that experience? That is a really hard thing to deliver, and we're working on it daily because I have to separate myself from the other guys. Meaning, if a customer goes into another art supply store or craft store, they may not have that experience. But when they walk into one of my stores, I want it to be an experience where it's it's brand. And so it's an extension of not only me, but the people that work there, our operations, all have, have to sort of meld together to be able to deliver that, that brand um, for our, our company. And so it's like ha- when people walk into binders, they have an experience of art. Correct. And, 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 and the, it's creating this, gr- this environment so they, they, even if you, know, you, you dabble in art and you just walk in, you go, wow, that, that was really interesting. Um, in fact, uh, a, a real quick a, a story, um, bel- uh, above us is a, another company, um, Cost Plus. It's like a Pier 1 type of place. This is your store in the Disco Kroger? This is our store in Buckhead. And uh, uh, this is a number of years ago. A friend of ours uh, was in advertising and marketing and called the CEO of, went out to California to call him on that company, the CEO. And they were talking about their store in Buckhead. And the CEO goes, you know, there's this interesting store below my store. It's this art supply store called Binders. And um, so my friend shared that with me. So here we created a brand uh, where this person was walked in my store and just, you know, felt it fascinating. And that's what we're trying to deliver and trying to work on. Wow, great. Thank you. What about you, Sarai? What would you say is the core of the Little Da Vinci? The core of Little Da Vinci is uh, based on three elements. We have the children, we have the teachers, and the parents. Uh, the most important part for me is making sure that the children are having an extremely positive experience of learning that they are going to carry for the rest of their life. We have now children who are going to spend more and more time in school. Uh, they need The d- degrees are getting really long to uh, to have uh, we need to spend more time in school so uh, the the important thing is to create a critical thinker um, flexible minded children who are able to take risks in their life at any time and enjoy taking those risks we have the parents uh, parents are going through a very uh, critical moment in our uh, educator life because um, the the world is changing. We are becoming more and more competitive, but in the meantime, we want our children to be happy. Uh, it's it's very hard to combine both uh, because uh, we put the children uh, under a lot of pressure, going to soccer, piano lessons, and uh, theater. Every I mean, children need to then be music perfect. Too. Everything music, and then they're <laughs> studying for the you know the the the, the standardized tests and yeah I got it absolutely and uh, I I see parents seeking for advisors for elementary school I mean things that we used to do before uh, for uh, high school students going to college now parents are uh, taking advisors for uh, children going to first grade and the amount of stress that is building with parents is extreme 
And I think as a school, we need to help the parents find their core as well. Uh, because we cannot have it all. We need, we need first to define who are our children, uh, what do they, what are their strengths, where are their challenges, and help them build on the, st the strength that they have and keep the personality that they have because they should not uh, please a certain system. They need to be themselves. Then you have the teachers. Uh, teachers are built to be creative, innovators, but most of the time we put them in a system where uh, they cannot perform, they have paperwork to fill the whole day. Uh, we fill them with a wor amount of work that has nothing to do uh, with their core uh, passion. Yeah. And when we take that away from the teachers, it affects the classroom. So it's, it's very basic for me and simple to have a successful classroom when we want it. It's not about the curriculum. Uh, it's not about uh, the the means or the money we have uh, to run a school, it's a lot about doing what we are there to do, which is taking care of the children and making sure that they are learning to uh, their needs and we are flexible enough as a human being to adapt to the children's needs and to customize the learning to their needs. Mm -hmm. So then with all the changes that, we're, that business owners and businesses are confronting, how, buddy, do you make sure that or what do you recommend for people to make sure that they stick with their core? Because there's all kinds of shiny objects always running around in front of all of us as business owners. Uh, well, the best way is to first have the discussion about what is your core. And in the two examples here, what, what Howard defined as his core has nothing to do with selling art supplies. You know, he could he could do that with restaurant supplies. He could do that with linens. He could, you know, so absolutely he's very skilled at buying and managing inventory and understanding markup and business and this kind of stuff. But that's not the core of what he does, what he does. Um, and the same thing with Soraya. Uh, she didn't say my my core is is, is you know, educating kids. It, it was it, it's more than that. So the first thing is just to really have that conversation around let's really kind of deconstruct this and see what truly is the core of making you successful. Then a lot of it is just just saying, okay, there is this bright, shiny object over here. Um, well, let's talk about that. So what would it really take to do that? What and, and once you, you, you chart that path and you see, well, here's the resource that's required. Here's your time that would be required. Here's what you'd have to do. And if you're off doing this, who, who's minding the store at home? Who's, so it really... No, no it, pun intended, Howard. Right. <laughs> it really is just taking the time to, to lay it out there and understand what it really is going to take to, in this new venture. Understanding this is not not at all telling business owners don't look for new ventures. You have to be innovative. You always have to be looking. You always have to be finding that opportunity. But really doing your homework on what is that going to take to accomplish X, but what's going to have to happen here at home to keep this growing and successful in what you do. So it, it really is just about, about taking the time and intelligently laying out what that path looks like. Mm -hmm. So you're saying if, you know, don't ignore shiny objects, but do a really sober analysis of whether or not going after it is going to be, give you the payoff and the return that you hope. Right. And understand that, that while there, there may be, uh, you know, some apples out there, you know, that, um, 
most most of this is just hard work and diligence and it's one step at a time and you you know two steps forward one step backwards there's there's not that 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 oh man by next year this time i'm going to quadruple the size of my business and it's going to be profitable i'm you know it it absolutely is is hard hard work and 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 you know owners are not adverse to hard work it's what we do every single day but it, it really is just having a cold reality check and look at what is this that you're going after. Go ahead. If we bring that to the uh, multilingual international business, I mean schools, and the, the language is what the parents are looking for today. But yet it's not the first thing that we should be looking at. It's very important for children to learn languages. And as an international school or bilingual school, we can add as many languages as we want. We can have German, we can have the Chinese, I mean Mandarin, we can have any language we want and offer any language. But are we able to train the teachers who are teaching these languages to the pedagogy or the core values that the, ch uh, the, the school is standing for. This is the most important thing. Are we able to bring as many native speakers to the program to allow the non-native speakers to uh, speak in the language and communicate and operate in the language as a native? This is another thing. So uh, it's very trendy today to be uh, a bilingual school. And there are many, many bilingual schools opening in Atlanta, for example, or, or all over the world. But is the language the only important thing for the children to learn at that moment? Is it really a trend to learn a language? Is this what the children are needing in a preschool level or elementary school level? We really need to dig much more into what are the v core values of what we want to transmit to those children in the language. So most of the time parents would come for Spanish or for French or and my role is to help them focus much more on their children. They are going to learn a language, and I always say the language is the icing on the cake. It's not the most important thing. But that's not the first thing the parents are coming for in the beginning. So for, for the little Da Vinci, the core is the culture of learning and innovation and global flexible thinking, as you're talking about. And then the language is a vehicle that you use to reinforce that culture. Did I hear that? Absolutely. And in the board, for example, I brought a question one day and said, you know, there is an opportunity to uh, start uh, German in the school. I wanted to have uh, Mandarin for... Uh, for several years, and uh, some uh, members of the board were asking, are you stretching yourself thin, uh, adding another language? And I said, I'm not sure, because it's all about training the teachers in the pedagogy, and it's not about the language. The language, it's a vector of communication. The most important part is how we are transmitting this language, how the children are growing in that language while they are in the school, how they are building all the skills that they need to build during the time that they spend at school. Mm, wow, very good. That's a great example of you sticking to your core. So what are the languages that you have at the Little Da Vinci? Right now we, uh, we have French English and Spanish English. Uh, we are still uh, thinking about the Mandarin, but we need to have uh, a substantial, at least 50% of the class native speakers to reach the level that we have in uh, Spanish and French. 
because my goal is to, besides the academics and our core value, is making sure that the children are native-like, uh, fluent in the language for non-native speakers by, kinder, uh, by kindergarten. Mm. So you have a, a French-English program and a Spanish-English program. Spanish-English program, yes. Wonderful. So uh, I would love to find out what's new and how, you know, in, in each of your businesses as we kind of wind down here. So, Howard, what, what are some of the new happenings at, at Binders Art? Well, <clears throat> new happenings. Art supplies haven't really changed over the years. There's no great innovation. But uh, the Pond City Market thing is pretty cool. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, is it open? It's open. I'm the only one standing right now. I, w I opened in uh, August or beginning of September last year, um, and more stores will come online in the spring, later in the spring, and uh, it's a very exciting project. Um, another area that we're, we're getting into that's part of our core that I did not mention was we're very community-oriented. And you know, being a retailer today, you have to, you can't just sit and wait for people to come in, even if I create this great environment. And so we really reach out into the artist community, and it's part of our core thinking to become part of the art community. So we're involved in art advocacy. Um, we're involved with different art groups, and we work with them and become a friend of of those groups. And when people see that and they stand up and take notice, they go, oh, there's binders. They're there. They're helping. And, you know, we create loyalty that way for our business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what about the, the online presence, your online presence? O online presence is, uh, we have an online presence. Uh, again, uh, online presence, that's my biggest competition. Um, and I think it is, these days, it's the biggest challenge for any retailer. And I'm committed to my online presence. I've had some hiccups that I've brought to the board before with my online presence, but we, we have a, an initiative in the coming year to grow my online business. Um, I'm not going to steal the world market share in art supplies, but I'm definitely going to make it uh, a place that becomes an extension of our business for our customers and maybe grab some new customers as well. Great, great. What about you, Soraya? Any uh, anything new that's happening at the the Little Da Vinci School that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Yeah, a, a lot of new things. We have the growth to elementary school, uh, to a bilingual elementary school, and we are doing that in the French program right now. Uh, next year, we are going to start it uh, with the Spanish program. Uh, we had an accreditation from the French Ministry of Education two years ago, and. Uh, I believe the school will become the next French-American school of Atlanta and go forward towards uh, French-American baccalaureate. Wonderful. Uh, this is for the long term. Great. And, and Buddy, what about you? Um, we're just experiencing a lot of growth. <clears throat> Pardon me. My, my, my practice in particular is uh, experiencing growth. Like I said, I've got four boards. I, a, a gentleman has joined me named Kevin McGee, and he's building some boards of his own. And um, he's got one up and running, and I've got some other people interested. In terms of the metro area, uh, we now have tab franchises up in the Alpharetta area, kind of the northwest area. There's some folks looking at the Buckhead Midtown area. So so very soon, I think TAB's going to be a presence in, in metro Atlanta. And what's exciting about that is just, just as Howard and Soraya said, there's, 
there's a lot of opportunity out there and it's just very exciting to be a part of of the the local business community and and seeing and helping the uh the the capture of that opportunity and and the and the growth that's that's happening in this market right here mm-hmm. and if people are interested in in finding out uh, more about some of the wonderful recommendations that you've made or finding out more about the alternative board how can they do that well uh the website is tab t-a-b atlantaeast.com they can always uh, reach out to me by email at buddy at tab atlantaeast.com or just give me a call at 770-633-6078 and soraya if people want to find out more about the little da vinci school or get in touch with you uh, th- they can go to our website. It's uh, littledavincischool.org. Or uh, they can reach me at my email, Soraya, S-O-R-A-Y-A, at littledavincischool.org. And they can reach me also on my phone, which is uh, 404-702-4137. And Howard, if people um, want to get in touch with you? If they want to know about binders, you they can, can go. They can go to the Disco Kroger Shopping Center. They can center go to Disco <laughs> Kroger Shopping Center in Pont City Market, uh, which we're very excited about. And you can go to our website at www.bindersart.com, or you can call me at 404-237-6331 and ask for Howard. Thank you so much for a wonderful show, Thank guys. You. It's been wonderful Thank having you. you with me. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at anonaenterprises.com.